from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And he sits me down and goes, you're on the air. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so scary. So that, I did that, I did that. Did you freeze or, I mean, you, you figured oh, out no. what to say? I was horrible. And he was like, oh, I always know when people leave, come from your place because they're always happy. Uh, you always think there's something better out there. And then once you go out and see everything, you see, no, nothing's better than St. Louis. I'm Sarah Fenske. Joy Grinnick was just a 17-year-old kid from Millstadt, Illinois, when she first made a big impression on St. Louis. At 17, she started as a DJ at classic rock station Casey. She hadn't even graduated high school yet. Now, more recently, St. Louis got to know Joy Grinnick Christensen as the owner of the beloved Midtown restaurant, The Fountain on Locust. She opened the Art Deco Eatery in 2008. But she recently announced she's moving on. And she joins us today to discuss why and so much more. I'm here. Yes. So, Joy, uh, welcome. Well, thank you, Sarah Fenske. I still haven't graduated high school, but, I, <laughs> and, I but just, here you are. Yes, exactly. And you know what? I have to say, I've told you I'm a big fan, and I'm very delighted to be here, as a matter of fact. So um, you, you always make this mental picture of who, so, what somebody looks like that you haven't ever met before, that totally. you just heard. And I'm thinking, gee, you know, you kind of look li- a little bit like I expected. Usually it, they never look oh. like what you think. Well, yeah. I'm glad my face matches right. my voice. But you're skinny. Uh, <laughs> okay, Joy, I got to take control more ice of cream. this interview. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about me. <laughs> Let's talk about I your ice you were going to say that, darn it. Okay. <laughs> because I just wanted to ask one little question. I know it's about me, me, me. But, um, but what? Why are you in St. Louis? Like, what brought you to St. Louis? Because you were everywhere. You know what? You should never interview a radio person. They just take over. This is so unfair. So I'm going to tell you a very fast story. Yes. Came here for work, fell in love with a St. Louis Ed. It's and always the story. You can leave, yep. but they pull you back. Yeah, yep. yep. it's always the case. So if... now, Joy, can we talk about you? Of course. Yes, okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you for, for giving me back control. Well, you are a professional. Look at you. Air. Look at you take back that control. Yes. So the Fountain on Locust, people love this restaurant. And yes. you started this restaurant. You painted all the things on the yes. walls of this restaurant. Why did you decide to leave this restaurant? Well, Sarah, um, I, you know, you're supposed to have an exit strategy when you do things. And I didn't think that. I was just thinking, oh my God, I hope that, you know, I, I don't lose all my money and fail. <laughs> so I just kept trying to go forward and make yeah. it a success. And then, then after a while, I remember my uh, general manager who I had for 10 years, um, wanted to retire. Mm-hmm. And she said, Joy, why don't you sell the restaurant? And I thought, oh my God. Yes, like, why don't you adopt one of your children off? You know, like, yeah. uh, uh, what's your baby? Yeah, yeah, it just never even occurred to me. Uh, but then after I, you know, get a little seed in your head, and you know how that is, and you just kind of dismiss it, and then it just kind of sits there, and then it grows, and all of a sudden there you are. So I was like, well, gee, you know, I'm old. I have to, like, <laughs> I'm going to run out of time to do all the things I want to do. So I have to. To pass this on to somebody and hopefully somebody who can not ruin it. <laughs> so you wanted to find somebody who, who got it, who, who understood the yes, spirit of the exactly, place and the yes. menu of the place. So yeah. how hard was it to find uh, Danny and Marcus Eichenhorst who are taking this over? Well, that's kind of funny that you asked that, Sarah Fenske, you radio professional, because <laughs> I uh, initially had um, 
I, I called one place uh, down the street. It was the Kranzberg Foundation, and, and immediately they wanted to buy it. So we went back and forth through this whole thing uh, that lasted months because they weren't really allowed to. They were a foundation, and they mm. were. It was a mess. It was a. So it kind of just went nowhere, and then COVID hit, and then I started getting all of these. Um, kind of things, you know, messages from the university kind of things uh, where I'd see Danny, uh, Danny Eichenhorst on this and that. And my husband kind of knew her. He was kind of talking to her. And then I was even talking to, I'm restoring this house in Soulard. So I have this big project that I'm doing. And um, I wanted to find out about uh, floor cloths. And I'm looking up online and I'm talking to some lady I don't know in Ohio. And uh, and I and I'm, it gets around to, well, I have this restaurant in St. Louis. And she's like, oh, I know somebody who has a, a, in the restaurant business in St. Louis is Danny Eichenhorst. And I'm like, oh, well, you know how it is. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Okay, I should call Danny Eichenhorst. <laughs> so you just kind of cold so called. I called her, yes, wow. yes. A thinking that maybe she would be able to introduce me to some people. <laughs> and instead, she was she like, She decided hey, to take it. Yes, that's awesome. Right and I didn't even know that. I thought she was going to, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds great and everything. And then she was going to tell her friends. <laughs> But so then Danny and Marcus stepped up, and, and they're both such lovely people. They're fantastic, and, yes. But then I'm did so lucky. you have the second thought of, wait a minute, I'm not sure I want to hand my baby off? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I wanted to be sure that I could still eat there. So that was part of the deal, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I have to write that in about that 50% ice cream. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, um, I just thought... Well, she's, first of all, she's a great marketer, and she's mm -hmm. out there, and she loves St. Louis. And that was the, the thing that really got me, because I love St. Louis. I mean, I made the Fountain Locust because I love St. Louis. I'm going to cry. <laughs> but uh, but St. Louis actually made the Fountain Locust. It's like, okay, I made it, but still, they made it. The people of St. Louis made it. Yeah. Uh, because that's, I'm going to cry. Because <laughs> this is your yeah, baby. Yeah, and, you know, and, because oh. it's, um, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> we have tissues right Oh, here. is that what yeah. that's for? <laughs> but, I mean, because uh, so many, you know, we were in an area. There was nothing there. Yeah. It was. I don't know if you were here. Were you here? So a little bit after that is when I first popped into town. And yeah, Locust was just a wasteland. Yeah, exactly. It was completely. Everybody that was there was there for like I don't know what um, ugh, their whole lives, and they mm -hmm. they operated out of the backs of their buildings. And the Locust itself was a one way street. There was like no activity on and it. And people in St. Louis do not like to drive one way streets. They'll oh just my, avoid oh, them. Well, you can't operate a retail place anywhere in the United States except New York, and uh, on a one-way street. So we had to change that. So we were real involved, like the neighbors at the time were real involved about getting the street cleaned up. There was a whole lot of homeless and, you know, just illegal activity, the kind of thing. Like I was constantly going downtown with somebody holding their hand that uh, got, you know, their their license plate stolen or, or their, mm -hmm. oh, it was a mess. It was a mess. So we cleaned that all up, and it, it was a big deal. It was took a long time and, and um, you know, switched the street and everything. And uh, then we had to get people to find us because they just weren't, they didn't know where it was. You were just far enough off, like, the beaten track that yes. people were like, where do you even want me to go? Exactly. And it's so funny because I always say, gee, if we were if we were a lousy restaurant one street over, we'd do twice the business. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you were a good 
restaurant. And, yes. and for people who haven't been to the Fountain on Locust, you're known for your ice cream martinis. Frankly, yeah. I'm obsessed with the pickle soup. Oh, thank it's you. It's so good. You know, there's the sandwiches. But this is also, it's a, it's a very elegant place. Thank you, Sarah Fensky. You have it right again. This is why you are the professional reporter that you are. Yes. Because uh, a lot of people, you know, I my whole concept there was um, I wanted to make it. Oh, I've got to get rid of this. I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted to make it a place that was um, not only beautiful to be in, uh, but delicious, of course, and fresh, uh, but inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And usually you can't do all three of those. There are, you're, you know, you can only do two of those. But because we own the building, then I was able to uh, set the prices. And it was so funny because, you know, you go to a lot of places and you, you leave and, and you had a good time or you had some really good food. And then it's like, ouch, my wallet hurts, you know, and then and it's not completely fun. Yeah. Um, and I think, and this is going to make me cry again. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the thing that was the nicest thing, I think, in all the 13 and a half years that I was there uh, was walking down the street. And then we have a little... Uh, parking there, you know, some lot, it's not mine. Um, I don't even know whose it is. And th- they had a parking attendant. And I said, oh, I'm from the Fountain of Locust. And he was like, oh, I always know when people leave, come from your place because they're always happy. Oh, mm. how wonderful. I know. I'm going to cry. So, <laughs> so Joy, though, this, this leads me to wonder. I mean, I, I understand what your goals were for the restaurant. And I think it, it's fair to say you achieved those goals. But what made somebody who was known for being a radio host and, and being a radio DJ for so many years, what made you want to go into the restaurant business in the first place? You know, I just don't know. I, I You know, people ask me that question all the time. And I ask myself that question because I... I don't know. I it it really is incongruous with what I was doing, and I was trying to think. Well, what what is my problem? Why am I not in touch with myself? <laughs> and I think, well, gee, you know, I grew up on the farm, and, and when you grow up on the farm, I, for some reason, I didn't think I could buy stuff. Like I was like, I didn't have money, and I don't know how to get jobs and things like that. So I just made things. Like yeah. if I wanted something, I had to make it. So I, I literally made everything. I made my shoes. Now that was where you really are going. You know, you're spending more money to make a pair of shoes than you can buy a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so uh, I went through just life like, you know, what I was in the radio business. And I thought I'm an artist like for literally 12, 25 years. I struggled with whether I should be an artist or a radio personality. Hmm. And then one day it was like, hey, Joy, you can be both. <laughs> So then you picked up art so, on the side, yeah. which I, I know you're attempting to answer my question, Joy, but I have to say, once you're doing art and you're doing radio, most people would say, yeah, you don't actually have time to open a restaurant. Yeah, but exactly. I know. Did. Yeah. That's, it sounds like you that's kind of, I'm blonde. you pursue yeah. your passions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just jump in and I yeah. don't really do a whole lot of... Um, research like you should like yeah. you Sarah Fensky doing your show prep and doing everything pro- properly no joy she just gets out there and it's kind of like this house that I bought in Soulard which was a mess I mean it was you know just uh it deteriorated to rottenness and uh nobody would you know take it on and I'm like oh I'll do it uh, yeah, I'll yeah. Fix it. yeah you just kind of so, jump in with both feet yeah and so that's exactly why I didn't have an exit strategy so now it's like okay um hey what time is it hey t- there's not much left here i better get going if i want to do other things and so there are some i have three other projects there's two other buildings on locust one is a project that we're my husband and i are going to do together that is a um experiential um uh owner generated um special media platform thing okay that means nothing right you don't even know what that means <laughs> 
Yeah, you're going to have to break that down for me. That's what I'm going to tell the city. Yeah. (laughs) Is this for podcasters? Well, we do have podcast studios, actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But but I kind of want to just have a kind of like pop-up theme bar attractions and things. Uh, But that's, I don't even want to do anything like that for a year. Um, The other building, the other way from the fountain is uh, the uh, the Cherry Garage. And that's my son, who has a fantastic, uh, like, car. He fixes it. You can go online and see the Cherry Garage and... You have to subscribe and like, of course. <laughs> of course. The Cherry Garage. You heard yes. it here first. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And so that's fantastic. And I think he's going to open a cafe, so that'll be nice. And I try to tell him not to. But <laughs> but so you're determined to take a year off before you jump into these other projects. This is what I hope. I hope that I could take a year off and, like, travel and read. Mm. But uh, And I do, like, you know, I'm so... Um, retired. I went to McDonald's the other day. Have you been to McDonald's lately? I, I have, yeah. Really? Embarrassingly. Oh my gosh. I have to be honest because all our producers are like, yeah, she, oh. she eats a lot of fast food. I, have, I don't think I I don't think I had been in McDonald's in like 30 years. Good for you. So I, I went in and it was like uh, the uh, it was like eight dollars, over eight dollars, eight ninety nine or something. It's for, kind of expensive, really. And yeah. I was like, "What? We have to raise our prices at the fountain." <laughs> you probably should, honestly. But I, this, I, this is the first time I got the feeling that I'm uh, old because the woman behind the counter is, you know, I'm counting out. I think this is a good place to get rid of my change. Don't you have something like just a single burger? Like, you know, I don't want all these triple burgers and all these things. And she says, "Yeah, you can get a single burger patty. It's a dollar because she sees me like <laughs> looking through my." little change person I think she must think I'm a senior on a limited budget you know and she so I count out all my change and everything and I say can I I'm thinking oh I better not uh, order something that's going to be sitting around because nobody orders it kind of thing which is my mm-hmm. biggest mistake in life is always ordering the thing that nobody orders and uh, and so she says we'll get you a fresh one so I get this thing a few several minutes later and it's so the meat is so thin it's like I I, it was like a piece of cardboard. And then I began to wonder if it was a piece of cardboard. And I, I was telling my son about this. And he said, well, now that you're retired, you should be a restaurant critic. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to put everybody out of business. I mean, my like my tagline would have to be, I'll never go there again. <laughs> This. I, I feel like this is the retirement plan for Joy Gridnick Christensen. You need to become a restaurant critic and put the bad oh, places out of business. No. Some of them may be my favorites, but they deserve it. <laughs> so, Joy, I mean, you're, you're contemplating your retirement. I love this idea of the restaurant criticism. Um, but I want to go back just a little bit because I find your life so interesting. And I mentioned oh. you got on Casey as a 17-year-old. Yes. How does one even go about doing that? Well, you know what? And I meant to bring this to you. We have a uh, my my husband made this a video called "Never Say Goodbye." And this is a documentary yes, about Casey. Yes, a documentary. Casey. It was on Channel Nine like four times. Yeah. Um, and uh, it tells the story of uh, well, what that was when I first found out when he interviewed the other people that they were also scared. I thought I was the only one that was terrified because I was a female and I was the only female, uh, and I had no you know, role model or, you know, people tell me about Allison Steele. I thought that was a construction company. I mean, I I didn't hear any other female. So I just kind of made my way. I didn't know, you know. How did you, how did you end up making your way to a microphone and they actually kept it turned on? Oh, that's because I, I went to the radio station and I told them that I could do uh, concert posters, which I did. Because you were an artist. Exactly. See? (laughs) So uh, I had that dual thing going. So um, I did some concert posters, and then uh, they said you could work here on the weekend selling tickets, which I did. And then I told the uh, owner that I wanted to be on the air. And he said, do you want to be on the air? And I said, 
yeah, I want to be on the air. He said, you want to be on the air? I said, I want to be on the air. He goes, come on. And we walk down the hallway, and he goes in the on-air studio, and he says to the person on the air, get up, get going. And he sits me down and goes, you're on the air. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so scary. So that, I did that. I did that. Did you freeze? Or, I mean, you, you figured oh, out no. what to say. I was horrible. I was <laughs> But and you was, talked. Yeah, I talked, and I was terrible. I, you know, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna cut the carpet with this one," and like, <laughs> so just being kind of like cheesy DJ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you got the hang of it. I mean, you ended up being a huge success in radio. You know, uh, I well, I had going for me that uh, the morning hadn't become the time that anybody listened, especially that audience. We had a um, progressive rock audience that usually didn't wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so so just as they were getting a little older and getting jobs, I think I had that as a, you Then know, you grabbed that morning slide. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got suddenly became them. prime territory. <laughs> totally. And the, the ratings just kept going up and up is because people were getting up and up. <laughs> well, so your radio career, it took you to Los Angeles. You were there for a number of years. Correct. New York, yes. San Diego. Yes. What made you come back to St. Louis? I know you love St. Louis, but it can't be that simple. Well, um, we had children. And, mm. um, and, you know, St. Louis, there's no place better than St. Louis to have your children uh, because everything's free. <laughs> the zoo is free. Yes. <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> no, because it's, you know, I think I think people do come back after they, I, you always think there's something better out there. And then once you go out and see everything, you see, no, nothing's better than St. Louis. So <laughs> you, had a, you very earnestly believe this. Oh, well, I do. I do. I, I'm a big champion for St. Louis and I love the St. Louis people, I, I, you know, St. Louis has so many troubles, of course, and so does every city, though. A, a lot of cities do. So it's a, it's a trade-off. And am I right that you live in the city? You're not out in, in Chesterfield talking about how much you like St. Louis. Oh, no. I live in the city. And then when I go out, you know, the gritty city. So I've got my, like, my car that's a 20-year-old Prius. It's a beater. It's horrible. It's so embarrassing. But I'm never embarrassed in the city. It's only when I go to the county that I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Sadly. But so do you feel like, I mean, you've seen like the long sweep of history starting as a 17-year-old. Do you feel like St. Louis is, is starting to get it together? Yes, it is and it isn't. But it is in art in a lot of ways. Politically, I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, it's going to survive. It's, it's going to make it through all of this stuff. It's, it's a good thing. All of the troubles are troubles that are going to um, be necessary to get it to be the good thing. And that's where we're, we're getting through that. You so. take the long view. So look, there's one other thing <laughs> I had to make sure to ask you about today. And this is in addition to becoming a DJ at 17, you got married at 19, which I would tell you if you were my daughter, don't ever exactly. do that. But this worked out amazingly. You guys will be married 47 years this month. Isn't that embarrassing? I want to be 47. I don't want to have to say that. But what a <laughs> remarkable achievement to be married for 47 well, years. Thank you, Sarah I see the honesty and earnestness in your in your eyes there, and uh, <laughs> I'm very I'm more impressed by this than anything. Honestly, hold on. Where's the sympathy? No. Where, where's my <laughs> lifetime achievement award? No. <laughs> what is the secret to this marriage? Well, for one thing, my brain hadn't developed. <laughs> 
you know, your brain doesn't develop till you're like 25. That's right. So uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was, I look at my own daughter and I'm thinking, gosh, she was way in better, better shape than I was. I'm sorry. I should have shut my phone off. I don't know how to do it. Um, uh, so I just, and my girlfriend at the time, she was like, well, if you get married, I'm going to get married. Cause we knew we were never going to get married. I mean, that was like, oh, and then I, I would, the only other person that got married before me in high school got knocked up and that wasn't me. So I don't know what happened to me, but I got married and I always thought, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always get divorced. But that's not how life is. So yeah. there's too many other complications with things. So, uh, you know. But so you guys have made it work. We did. We did. And um, um, my husband, who might be listening. <laughs> I hope he is listening. He's <laughs> very dear. Yes. And the good thing is you, uh, as time goes on, you things get easier and uh and you actually love each other more uh but things get easier because you don't fight so much you went through all those fights and you you know kind of worked it out so you kind of know you know you finish each other's sentences and all this stuff and you start to smell alike and people start to look alike (laughs) so you just kind of have to get through the the tough times the good times are there just like st louis exactly (laughs) i love this you're you're like just bringing it full circle this is your talent (laughs) as as a radio person well joy i gotta ask you you are um you know you've been at the fountain on local because you founded this restaurant, and you're going to have a farewell party yes. this Sunday, and the whole city is invited to come. Well, that's true. Uh, I spent some time during COVID making the upstairs into a uh, public space because we the initial idea was, oh, you know, we had this business upstairs, business uh, space, and um, when we lost our, our COVID tables because you had to distance and you, you know, had to cut off tables altogether, uh, we thought, okay, I know you're watching the clock. Just t- just go like this. Yeah. <laughs> Cut me off. Get the big hook out. Yeah, take her away. Um, so I, I thought we would, you know, do that. But then nobody came to the restaurant anyway because nobody was going anywhere. It was just really tough, you know. And so um, I kind of put the brakes on making the thing. And then when we opened our doors again and everybody was coming out like they just got out of jail and we had, you know, hour and a half wait when you open the door. It's ridiculous. So... I had to hurry up and finish it. So now it's finished. Nobody's really seen it except for a few people. Um, So So you have this event space upstairs. Yeah, and people can come see it. But it's not big enough to have everybody just up there. So we'll probably be outside too, and you can go up and check it out and come down and say hello. And So that you know, is from give one me a to dollar. three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give her a dollar. She might spend it at McDonald's, but she'll take that dollar. So that's one to three. That's this Sunday, um, and that's just outside the Fountain on Logan. Yes. Well, Joy Gridnick Christensen, thank you so much Aww, for joining thank us today. You, Sarah Fence. This, this has been, been so delightful. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske with audio engineering by Aaron Dore and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, 
committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.